Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Local Youth Worker. We're about to get to my conversation with Matt Beham and Scott Heron uh, talking about youth ministry and just re-entering and some of the possible changes that they have made and uh, are planning to possibly make. It's uh, it's a helpful conversation and I hope you all are blessed by it. Uh, before we get into that, just a reminder about RYM's virtual conferences um, there's information that's on the website about uh, what is uh, going to be taking place on July 6th. Uh, we're going to have our first um, elective classes posted as well as a large group. Uh, we're going to have multiple large group speakers. We're going to have multiple elective uh, speakers. So be sure to check out that information on our website. Uh, we hope those are very helpful uh, for you as you all uh, try to make plans for this summer. Uh, we know uh, everything's uh, continuing to be an adjustment and uh, trying to make changes to continue to disciple students, even in the midst of uh, COVID. Uh, so be sure to check out that information and uh, check out ways in which you can possibly uh, be watching these in groups. Uh, we, we know that uh, there's a lot of Zoom fatigue that's out there. And so uh, even though these are going to be online, they're going to be videoed. And so uh, there's we're going to miss some of the interaction together. We hope that uh, churches can use these uh, in group settings to kind of foster that sense of community and, and fellowship. And so uh, we hope that this is just one way RYM can continue to serve uh, the local church during this season. Uh, so be sure again to check out that information. We'll be posting some more information soon. Uh, but right now, here's my conversation with Matt and Scott. Hope you guys enjoy it. All right, I'm here with Scott Heron and Matt Beham. Scott, Matt, how's it going? Good job. And what we hope Matt is going to continue to be with us. <laughs> it already <laughs> looks like, but we had some problems with connectivity uh, pre-recording and uh, it looks like we're starting to run into some problems again. So it might just end up being me and Scott uh, and uh, Matt might jump in as well. Um, so Scott, why don't you tell people where you're from? And then if Matt jumps back in, we'll have him introduce himself as well. Sure. Sounds good, John. I, um, yeah, I'm in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, been here for seven years in the youth and family pastor. And uh, yeah. And, and Scott, I'm trying to remember, is this your second time on the podcast or third? It's the second. I joined you for the RYM leaders uh, Zoom call as well. That was fun. Where there's about, I think it was like 25, 30 people. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Good deal. But But I know you were you were in the conversation kind of right as the coronavirus was hitting. I know it was you, Matt, and then Linda and Katie Van Amperen were on that. Linda Oliver and Katie Van Amperen. Um, so those who listen to this podcast uh, will, will have heard your voice and know you a little bit. Um, so look, we're this, this season six of the podcast is post-pandemic productivity. We're talking about trying to re-enter life and ministry. And we're going to get to that um, in, in just a minute. But pre-recording, we were just kind of reflecting on the fact that RYM summer conferences have been uh, canceled, at least not all of them, but uh, the Colorado conference, the three uh, Florida conferences, and then the Texas conference has been uh, moved to August. And then we also have another conference in Maryland that is still occurring. But the conferences that you've been a part of have been canceled and we were just kind of reflecting on how that changes our, our 
summer schedules. And so why don't you just react to that a little bit, share kind of some of your thoughts as a youth worker as you're dealing with, okay, conference season is canceled now. Now what do I do? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I like that. Do you say post-pandemic productivity? As you said, that's right. Yeah, this, it's, this it's kind R- of a tongue twister. <laughs> well, it's R. It's RYM. I was thinking it's R. RYM's PPP. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, well, certainly, it's there's some sadness involved with uh, not being able to go to those conferences. Um, you know, we love the Colorado Conference. One of the things I love about it so much is. Uh, it's it's probably about 95 90 to 95% southern kids and uh, i love bringing our montana kids down <laughs> and they're just in love with the way the culture is so different the way they talk and 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 i just really enjoy seeing them and having them come back and experience and they talk about making friends and they say these words and <laughs> <laughs> but it's just wonderful i mean the the speakers that they get to engage with are so different culturally and so we there's definitely a, a big vacuum a big void mm-hmm. for us in that way this year and the worship music and i was listening to the rym uh worship playlist on spotify and just uh, missing joe and his mm-hmm. music and so yeah and i had kids that were really upset they they told me man i just i'm just gonna miss it and we were actually comforted uh a little by the fact that it was canceled because um we hadn't organized soon enough this year and we were going to kind of throw things together last minute but um uh when they canceled it then it was like yeah i guess we're not going then for sure so because it was kind of up in the air for us this year but yeah yeah it's a bummer yeah and and as i was sharing with you pre-recording you know i've been in student ministry almost 20 years. And so my summers have looked very similar for the past 20 years, you know, it gets pretty busy. And so the finality of not having these conferences as we've, we've announced, and let me clarify, clarify at this moment, Texas and Maryland, our conferences there are still on, on the schedule. We, you know, have no idea uh, what's going to happen with the coronavirus and all that. So those are still on the schedule, but um, yeah, my summer is going to be looking a lot different and it's just, it's a bizarre feeling. And, you know, we're definitely still um, at work trying to put a virtual conference together. Uh, we know that um, a lot of youth ministries have been doing virtual things. And so we're, we're hoping to kind of introduce a, a fellowship kind of community aspect to it and kind of encourage churches to maybe utilize some of these video resources together and watch them, you know, in social distanced ways. If uh, we know every church is different and, and having to do different things, but we hope we can still serve uh, people in that way. And yeah. um, Joe, Joe Deegan has definitely been uh, putting some music together. He's uh, assembled a band and they actually recorded last week. And so that'll be a, a part of that virtual uh, conference component. So maybe you'll get a little taste of, yeah, of yeah, some of that. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And so you asked about like, what does our summer look like then again? Is that kind of what? Yeah. Yeah. And and so, yeah. What, what are, what are some things that you're um, doing this summer uh, to try yeah. to kind of fill the void, so to speak? Great question. Um, well, as we talked about at the beginning of, uh, it was back in March, I think, when we had our first Zoom call and um, we talked about the slowness and the way things were going and how the stay-at-home orders are affecting us. And one of the um, one of the themes that has come up a bunch is uh, just the, a lot of people were celebrating the, the busyness kind of went out the window 
to some degree. And so I've been thinking about this summer and uh, summer here is interesting. Um, where when I was in St. Louis as an as a uh, intern youth pastor, um, we, it seemed like a lot of times the ministry ramped up in the summer where we had a lot of events going on. We had summer camps we were going to, um, but just the, the ministry as a whole continued through the summer with lots of water events and things like that. What kind of happens here in Montana is people sort of, um, they slow down big time and they're just out, they're gone. Like they're, you know, church attendance drops a ton uh, and people are, they're outside, they're soaking in these three months, which are our best three months. Um, and so it's interesting to do events uh, has, has always been a hard, hard to gather folks. It's been better over the years as we're getting different people move into the, into Bozeman, but uh, with a different mentality. But um, what we decided this summer was to kind of piggyback off the idea of the slowness and the lack of busyness. And so we're just going to do a real simple three day camping trip with, uh, with students. I've re reserved a, a group site. I've got a couple parents joining us, a couple leaders. And we're gonna we're gonna go on a couple of hikes. We're just gonna spend time together for three days, and uh, we're gonna talk about rest and the Word of God. And uh, the goal is gonna be for us just to have real, real meaningful conversations about um, what it means to spend time in God's Word, uh, to take time out to pray, to meditate. And my hope is that is the kids walk away really refreshed and renewed and. Um, so far it looks like we've got kids signing up for that. And, uh, uh, that's, that's really the main event for the summer and that's coming up here at the end of June. And then after that, um, you know, we've just got a couple fun things planned, but uh, not a lot. I didn't fill the schedule for sure. Yeah. And is it too late to register for that? Cause I might join you guys. If yeah. <laughs> I'll send you the link. <laughs> awesome. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, come mean, on. Yeah. We'll, hiking, we'll, camping in Montana and just kind of yeah. resting. We'll be, we'll be, uh, we'll be about 20 miles from Yellowstone park. So, oh man, yeah, that's awesome. No, I think that's a great idea. And, and you know, we've spoken a little bit over the phone, um, just kind of during this entire pandemic. And I really appreciated the approach that you took, uh, during this, th this season that I know that there are some of those in youth ministry who, you know, jumped on to Zoom and started doing all of these Bible studies and all of these meetings. And look, those are those are good things. The Lord has used those things. Those are ways in which uh, youth workers were seeking to be, um, you know, consistent and faithful in, in discipleship. Um, but at the same time, I, I know that there was kind of maybe the other end of the spectrum, those who just saw it, okay, this is a time maybe we can slow down a little bit. Maybe we can rest a little bit. And it seemed like maybe you were more on that end of the, the spectrum. And so maybe just describe some of your thoughts on that as well as, okay, what did you seek to do uh, as a youth worker during that time? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, John. Um, you know, when it all came, when it came to uh, a head here in Montana, we had just come off a of spring break. And so we'd already had a week off. And I, I just kind of decided, well, we're, we're going to take another week and think through what we're going to do because it just sounded exhausting to try to do youth group the way we were doing it before over zoom. And I'm not saying that there, there's a lot of right answers here, you know, with what, with what people have done and sure. But what we just decided to do, uh, I just, you know, you saw a lot going on in social media. You saw pastors left and right putting out videos and doing Bible studies. And like you said, those are really good things. I, maybe it's, maybe it's cause I'm lazy. 
but I was just <laughs> like, you know, I just don't have the energy to put stuff out there for people that, um, I'm, I guess I'm not immediately shepherding. Uh, and, and so I just decided to do a morning, <laughs> believe it or not, I, I did four morning Zoom times, 7.30 a.m. For, for junior high and high school kids. Uh, we did junior high on Monday and Wednesday, high school, or high school on Monday, Wednesday, junior high on Tuesday, Thursday, 7.30 in the morning. And my thought was, it's good for you to get up in the morning. It's good for you to get going. It's good for you to keep your patterns and your routines. Uh, they're not going to school, but hey, get up and tune in and I'm just going to catch up with you and we're going to pray. And that's what we did for probably four or five weeks. And we actually saw numbers uh, go up with those attendants uh, in the Zoom calls. Um, you know, started out like 10, 12, then we were up, upwards of 20 kids, 25 kids. But what was funny is when I decided to do a Bible study on Philippians, that's when the numbers dropped. <laughs> 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 so it's like uh we liked it when you were just praying for us but this is a lot i, I want to chalk it up to people got zoom fatigue that's what i'm sure talk yeah about. yeah absolutely yeah. nothing to do with you and your your bible teaching at nothing. All. yeah nothing at all yeah yeah <laughs> so look those listening matt uh, why don't you say hello first yeah hey guys sorry i've had some technical difficulties but this yeah. is matt Beham from redeemer in san antonio and um the pastor of youth and children here. Yeah. And I'm jumping in midstream. I don't know what's going on. Right <laughs> well, we, we told everybody that, you know, we had some trouble pre-recording and then <clears throat> that you might be joining us. So those who are listening, I just want to prove that Matt actually is on this call in case it, <laughs> you know, disconnects again. Um, so, so Matt, look, I was just kind of setting it up <clears throat> um, where we said, you know, there were some in, in the youth ministry world who kind of dove in headfirst and kind of Zoom Bible studies. They were doing a lot of extra activities, games, things like that. We know those things aren't bad. Those things, the, the word is used. Um, it, it's been a good thing and uh, has assisted, to, you know, youth workers to be faithful in the discipleship, but then kind of the other end of the spectrum. Um, and I don't know if I'd say, Scott, on the other end of the spectrum, I mean, you were still meeting with students, but he was trying to kind of slow the pace down a little bit and just kind of have times of prayer and times together. Um, and Matt, maybe just describe some of your thoughts and your practices. I know um, as you were on the podcast uh, with Scott, um, I don't know, a couple of months ago now, uh, you were talking about kind of letting things lie fallow a little bit. I know you've kind of taken some shots for some people, I think in a joking way uh, about that, but um, just maybe talk a little bit about your thoughts in that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was great, right? You let it lie fallow and everyone says, oh, cool, you're not doing anything. And uh, <laughs> you must be enjoying your vacation. Um, no, it's funny. We just, you know, we had just read a book as a staff um, called Canoeing the Mountains um, by Todd Bolzinger. And it's a really, it was a fascinating book. And what he does in the book is he says, okay, so Lewis and Clark's expedition, they expected to get over the first mountain on the frontal range and look down to a slow sloping coast that heads down to the Pacific Ocean, right? And, uh, and but what really happened is they got over the first mountain and then as far as the eye could see was just more mountains. Uh -huh. and, um, and he uses this, it's great, it's, it, he does such a great job with this, but he uses it as kind of an extended metaphor, like all of a sudden everything that you thought um, you were about to do just changed. And, um, and so at that point, it's a good, it's a good um, time to kind of say, okay, like, 
<laughs> what time of month it is, is it? Because we're about to go over a ton more mountain. You know, like where, where are we right now? And like, we actually have to re-prepare an entire kind of mental map of where we're heading uh, as an expedition. And, and, and so, you know, that book kind of was helpful for us as a staff and, you know, thinking about youth ministry, because we said, okay, we, we're just in completely uncharted territory here, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, and so we're gonna use, we're gonna like shut it down for a week and a half at least. That doesn't sound like a long time, right? So, but we just basically didn't do anything for 10 days. And as we kind of thought and prayed, like what, what should we do? And um, it was a helpful time for us to kind of re, you know, come to terms again with what world we're living in. Mm. It's a different world, you know, paradigm shifting kind of thing has happened to us. And, um, and so, you know, we just, we, we had never had a very good, um, or very well fleshed out small group ministry. Um, our connection point was always uh, at large group. So a big gathering, you know, big gather kind of kind of thing. And, and it was a great opportunity to relaunch and give our lay leaders, our volunteer adult leaders, and our servant team, which is our 10th, 11th, and 12th grade kind of leadership team in the youth ministry, a chance to work together to reach out to smaller groups of people um, and so that's kind of how we relaunched our, the youth ministry after a couple of weeks. Um, and, uh, and that's given what's really, what's been beautiful about that is in a time of, you know, paradigm shifting time, you can actually do other things that you did not have time to work on uh, and did not have time to develop beforehand. And so I've just been very thankful, grateful for how much work our lay leaders have put in um, to, uh, to really connect with students and parents and just figure out how to, um, do the work of ministry, you know, and something that, you know, the trap that we, that you can fall into, right, is that you can have a personality driven youth ministry and or you can, you know, be the gatherer. But, um, you know, one thing that we value, um, at least we say we value more than practice is it's better for the kingdom of God that more people take ownership of the ministry and learn how to do it. And so that's kind of what we tried to do and work on, you know, hmm. in the pandemic. It's a long right. answer. No, that, that's good. That's a good answer. And it, it's interesting to hear that. And, you know, as I hear you say, okay, 10 days kind of took a break, um, break, but I know you're, you're still praying, you're thinking, you're, you're kind of um, making plans, trying to discern, okay, where the Lord could, could be leading you guys. And then Scott, as you're kind of cutting back programs and you're just kind of doing the, this one thing, I'm curious, just the reaction from parents, the reaction from leadership and we'll make sure none of those people listen to this podcast but uh, you can use names whatever you want to no, i'm kidding but but I'd, i'm just curious to hear because like you said 10 days doesn't seem like that long but at the same time man parents after 10 days are thinking okay do something with my kids you know this is driving me crazy so i'd love to just hear some the the reaction you guys got go ahead matt yeah i'd like to hear it yeah I don't, yeah, I mean, I think everyone was okay with it. We were, we were, um, at least as a staff, um, we were pretty prepared to just <laughs> be okay saying, well, youth ministry is a non-essential ministry anyways. So, um, <laughs> so it's okay if y'all like relax for a little bit. I mean, of course we weren't relaxing, right? But we were, you know, focused rest kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I, I think mostly we were okay with it. We didn't want to take too many shots early. You know, I mean, that, the scary, the hard thing is, is that if you start to say, if you start to launch something quickly, mm. you can really push people, you, the, the, you know, the type A personality is like getting on board. Mm -hmm. You haven't thought through the plan well enough, you're doing a lot of spinning your wheels and not moving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And, um, and so we're feeling like this right now, you know, I'm talking to my children's director and we're kind of like, okay, now is not a great time. Normally we would be getting CE teachers, right? We would, so CE Sunday school. So we would be recruiting our 50 Sunday school teachers that we need to kind of make fall happen right in this time period. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is if we start, if we start taking shots now, when people like don't know what's happening next week, they're not going to receive that very well. Um, and we could actually lose the ability to push later. Yeah. And so we, in some ways we're playing chicken with time. <laughs> um, but you know, you only have like a, you only got like six shots in your revolver and um, we just weren't ready to like, you, you want to be careful about taking those shots too early. And so that's kind of, I give you like a lot of metaphors there. <laughs> careful about not Chicken, chicken with Tom and a, and a yeah. revolver. I like it though. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah. yeah. That, that's helpful to, to hear and to think about. Scott, yeah. What about, what about you? Some of the reaction you got? Yeah. Um, I would add just a couple of things to what Matt said is that I, I've seen those ranges of mountains that Lewis and Clark saw when they got <laughs> and they're beautiful. <laughs> um, uh, we also focused a lot on small group stuff. Um, I, I did, I did the prayer time, but I encouraged our leaders to meet with kids. And I said, you do whatever you want. As far as your agenda goes, play video games, um, just hang out with them. And they did that. And it, and I, what I got from them um, was some really meaningful feedback uh, that they just loved the time with those kids in that setting. And so that was really encouraging. And I totally, completely agree with you about in, equipping <clears throat> equipping um, just the larger community of the church to be a part, more deeply a part of the discipleship of these students. And I, that's one of the things, and we could maybe do a whole podcast on that, but Mm-hmm. what does the future of discipleship look like with students? And mm-hmm. um, uh, I'm just really focused on that. But one, one of the things that happened when I decided to do my prayer time was I had one, I just had one mom, one mom called me or emailed me. I can't remember. She said, what high school kid do you know gets up uh, at, by 730 when there is no school? <laughs> and I said, and I just simply said, well, get them up. (laughs) Uh, And they they never did join us and that's fine. Um, But I, I, for the most part, I got, I I probably got a half a dozen responses from parents just really thanking me for uh, leading in that way. Just telling me that their kids were very encouraged. I had one mom email me and say, hey, can you just keep doing this during the summer just because it's so good for our kids and they can come to it when we're on vacation. They could come to it if we're, you know, visiting family in Washington or wherever they can come to these Zoom prayer times. And I was really encouraged by that. I, I, I did cancel them because um, I do really think that there was Zoom fatigue. By the end there, sure. we were about eight, nine weeks in, maybe more than that. Um, you know, we're just getting a couple of kids here and there. And although they really wanted to be there, um, that's just a lot of effort. That's a shot in the revolver that, um, (laughs) I wanted to keep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That, that, that makes sense for for sure. Well, look, as, as you guys, okay. Again, we, we, we've talked about kind of the reaction to all of this. And as we've said, ad nauseum. Um, this was uncharted territory. Nobody knew what to do. People were trying different things. People kind of reacted in one way. Some people reacted in the other way. Okay, now that we're 
we're here and we're starting to have the conversations of, okay, re-entering life, which just, by the way, I forgot to ask, Scott, are y'all back in church yet? Are y'all meeting as a church? Yeah, great question. Um, we, <clears throat> we were in phase one. Uh, let's see, governor put us in phase one back in April, end of April. And that meant that we were the religious, well, actually we were, we were never really banned from meeting for worship, but we decided to do it. So we quit meeting for like six weeks and then um, <clears throat> we started meeting probably about seven weeks ago. So we've been, we've been meeting together, um, but we're about half, um, half of uh, numbers. It okay. has been growing, but we're about half. Yeah. Okay. And, and Matt, are you guys back meeting in, in San Antonio? Yeah, we are. It's yeah, we're about at a half as well. We kind of put together a plan where um, we added a service, and then you you're kind of in a group and only invited to one of the three services on a Sunday morning every other week. So so basically, mm -hmm. a sixth of the church is you know was invited each time slot, and and uh, we saw you know over the span of those two weeks, about a half of our congregation came back. I suspect that about, you know, 70% didn't come back because of uh, not having childcare and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and maybe 25% because they're, they're, you know, just being a little bit more cautious, but sure. Yeah. And so, you know, at the time of this recording, we're, we're gradually starting to meet back together. Uh, we still don't know what, you know, normal is going to look like and all of these things. And so as you're kind of, thinking about the future of your specific youth ministry. Um, I'd love to kind of hear some thoughts of things that you might try to do differently, um, modifications that you're going to be making. And so maybe just let, let's start there. Are there, are there any modifications you guys are planning uh, to make as you re-enter? Matt, do you want to start us off there? I keep thinking like Matt should start just in case you get disconnected. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so Matt, yeah, yeah some modifications. But yeah, so we, that's a great question. We are, um, so currently we're going to, con we're continuing with these small groups. We actually just launched this week in person. So every, but, but every small group, you know, needs to stay outside and is, you know, set up so that there really is going to be 10 or so people at the most. So outside and 10 or so people. And those are still led by our volunteer leaders um, and a servant team leader. And that that's been something again i think i said it already but it's been something so beautiful you know it, we want to i i want to continue to equip people to be nimble in the way that they can that they can handle ministry and um that being able to you know that i, I keep on thinking of the word nimbility that is not a word what's the word <laughs> I'm looking it, for? It, it is it is now it is now it's, an, it's it, now a word nimbility. Nimbility. Um, <laughs> is um is is based on you know being able to give them the tools that they need to kind of like to to run with it and i think scott said something like that you know like do something just go do something with your students that that god has called you to love and and um that's uh you know we're helping we're doing a lot of help with that but we're going to continue to do that and i love pairing an adult leader and a student leader together and we'll we'll continue to do that I, um, I'm not sure what our bandwidth is going to look like because one of the problems with doing a, a, a thriving, you know, small group ministry every week is that now you've kind of cut something else out of the, the youth ministry. Yeah. So we're, we're going to play this out um, for as long as we can and, uh, and see what it's going to be like and then um, and go from there, continue to lead off the map. 
Yeah, that's that's good. Scott, what about you guys and modifications? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's a good answer. I love it. Uh, I'll, I'm <laughs> just going to <laughs> work on my nimbility. <laughs> Nimbability? Oh, man. So uh, it's funny. Um, uh, we, yeah, I've been... I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, our normal structure had been, um, uh, one of the values that I have as a youth leader is, is, convenience, uh, is convenience for parents um, to, make the, to make the drop off pick up times, the de- night of the week, the, the, um, the planning and the purpose be one of convenience for families in that uh, I'm not pulling children away from the home a lot, you know, especially in the evening when we're overwhelmed with evening activities. And so we, we structured our ministry where, uh, the first Wednesday of the month was, uh, high school only. And then the second and third were junior high and high school. And then the fourth was junior high only with high school groups going to their, their, we will call them cell leaders or small group leaders houses. Um, so that each group of junior high and high school kids had had three interactions a month with three or with the high school kids, I guess four, um, and it was working okay. <clears throat> but numbers were growing, and we're getting we're just getting too many kids together for those large group gatherings of junior high, and high school. And you know what it's like. You get ninety, hundred kids together, and it just feels chaotic. Even if it's structured, your transitions take forever. Uh, junior high, sixth graders and 12th graders, they're just like on opposite ends of the globe. <laughs> um, and so we've been thinking a lot about what to do this fall. And we've had two meetings already this year. Um, I had a meeting, we had a, we were able to do 50 or fewer in Montana. So we did a high school gathering last week. Um, we had 54 kids. Don't tell anybody. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, we had a junior high gathering last night and it was just the kind of the idea of, Hey, I need something to bring kids up into the next grade and kind of finish off the year. And so we did a couple cookouts and that was great. I was on a hike with a dad a while back and he asked me a good question. He said, what do you think is the most effective way to disciple students. And I, and the answer just came out. I said, I said, longer periods of time and smaller numbers of kids. And, and I thought, you know, a lot of our, a lot of our structure of our ministry was actually the opposite of that. It was larger groups of time with, with, or uh, shorter groups of time with larger numbers of kids. And so I'm, I'm going to sit on that for a while and start thinking through what all that means. That's good. No, that's, yeah, that's a good thought. And, and maybe kind of digging into this modification piece a little bit more. Um, if it were just up to you guys and the church leadership was like, Hey, do whatever you want, make whatever modifications you want. Parents are even behind you saying what, make what, whatever modifications you want. What would you like to do? How, how would you like for your youth ministry to look different? And, and maybe, I mean, just again, from this entire pandemic perspective, it's allowed us to sit, to pause, to reflect, to reevaluate what we're doing. Um, if you could make some of those changes, maybe like one big change, what would it be for each of you? I'm, I'm curious. Um, and Matt, Scott, whoever wants to go first, uh, just jump in on that. 
Scott, not it. <laughs> oh man, one big change. Um, yeah, I would say. Uh, <clears throat> I, I think that um, I want to. I, I don't know if it's a change or not. Maybe it's just a shift in our in our planning. But I want to rethink the the structure of large group gatherings where we have uh i want to i want to rethink the the number of times we have large group gatherings where we do worship teaching and prayer time and and maybe use the maybe just do that once a month or uh do that less frequently and have more opportunities to just be in the lives of students i'm trying to figure out what's more important i guess is it more important that i you know that i take a group of boys and we go on a bike ride and just spend time together uh, and that's and that's the time well spent or or do I just continue to, to to try to gather them together in large groups you feel it feels good to gather large numbers of students and you feel successful when you do that mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes I really wonder if it's just uh, offering them an opportunity to hide mm -hmm. uh, one of the things zoom revealed for us was this face-to-face -face interaction where you even if you're in a group of 15 or 20 uh you're looking at each other's faces the whole time and uh it it, get, it gives you an opportunity to like kind of call someone out and say hey how's this part of your life going or how's this you know what's this how's this area of your life your relationship with the lord and and there was an intimacy there when you're looking at each other like this uh rather than on a wednesday night when i've got you know a bunch of kids there and i'm giving a talk you know maybe six of them are listening. <laughs> I don't that. All my kids always listen to what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're hanging on every word. Hanging every word because you're, you're so nimble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Matt, what about for you? Just modifications. If, if you could make them and know, okay, there's going to be no repercussions, all, all that. What, what are some thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. I really like what Scott said. That's a good word. I, I um I know the the that tension point between you you always want to see new students know Jesus you know what I mean yeah. and so and so how do I create a community and a context in which a a person who's just like I, I don't even know what this is like wh why are you inviting me to this yeah and be and be comfortable right and at the same time you've got the discipleship thing and i wish right in a perfect world the the line between inreach and outreach or you know discipleship and evangelism whatever you want to call it you'd want to break that barrier down as much as you can you know kind of like paul talks about and was it first corinthians 11 you, you should expect non-believers to be there you know yeah. um when he's maybe it's not it doesn't matter you know when he's talking <laughs> about spiritual gifts and stuff it's, like it's in the bible somewhere yeah. it's in the i just know it's in there <laughs> you know and so you want to, yeah, I mean, that tension point, it just, it feels like a tension point. You want to break down that barrier as much as you possibly can. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah, I, so I don't, I don't know how to do that. And I think Scott's yeah. better than I, than I am. Right now. Mm. Yeah, that, that's, that's good to hear that. And then, you know, again, as we're thinking about reentering and everything, part of what we're wanting to accomplish th this season of the podcast is just, try to, you know, give pause um, to just our personal lives, but also ministry. I mean, that's why 
Tim Challies came on the, the first episode of this season because of a, an article he wrote of just kind of reevaluating our lives. And uh, I think it's important that we're taking this time to, to do that and uh, to, to apply that to ministry. But something I'd love to hear from you guys too is um, how you plan to maybe rest better um, as you re-enter um, ministry. I know, Scott, as we were kind of uh, sharing emails about this possible podcast, you, you referenced John Mark Mark Comer's book. Is it The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry? Is that what it's titled? Yeah, that's it. Yep, The Ruthless okay. Elimination of Hurry, yeah. Okay. And I heard him on a podcast talking about that book, and he says, you know, pastors are some of the most hurried people. Um, that that we're always rushing around. That he says, you know, breaking the Sabbath and overwork is is a badge of honor um, for for many pastors. We just want to be so busy, and we put so much in our lives. And there's so much truth to that. And there's so much <laughs> idolatry uh, that we could we could discuss. Um, and so maybe just I'd love for for both of you to kind of react to that statement about kind of the busyness, uh, but then also plans on on resting because i know we'll be kind of winding this thing down before too long um there was a lot that i just said who wants to jump in on that do i need to clarify <laughs> the question that's underneath all of that matt it looks like you're about to respond yeah it's such a great i i haven't read that book sounds fantastic i i just keep thinking of eugene peterson's you know busyness is laziness mm-hmm. kind of stuff mm-hmm. And, um, and the sustainable youth worker, I think is another, you know, one where he talks about eating the frog every day that you don't want to eat um, <laughs> and, uh, to just to use more metaphors. Right. Um, I, I, and I always go back to that like passage in Paul where he's like, I, you know, I don't deserve, I don't deserve the grace of God that I've received, but I've worked harder than anyone. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and so for me, I think as I'm reflecting on these things more and more, there is the reason I'm busy is because I'm trying to make up for something that I'm the most important thing that I'm avoiding doing. Hmm. So there's normally something that I'm really called to do, um, whether it's prayer or good prep, solid preparation. Um, and, um, instead I can fiddle around with my, um, you know, with the form that I'm going to send out to students, you know, to parents to sign up for something and make sure to get that perfectly right. Or my database or, and, and I think that a lot of times I spend time in busyness because it feels like I'm working, but it's really, I'm actually avoiding the, the hard emotional, the thing that's going to take the most emotional power in order to do, I'm avoiding that thing. Um, and I, yeah, that's what's, Something that's always been, I think I really knew that a little bit, but this, it's really been exposed in this, in this time. Yeah, no, that, that's such a good word because it is so easy. Like you said, okay, there are difficult things we're called to do the maybe the most important thing we should be doing, but we often go to the urgent, you know, and we just go to the things that can distract us, the things that we can kind of, at the end of the day, look back on and be like, I did that, I did that, I did all, you know, these things and feel good. But, but oftentimes it's actually distracting us from, from where we should be, you know, spending our time. So that's, yeah, really good. Scott. Yeah, man, that's, that's really good stuff. I, is that, is that frog eating the frog? Is that a junior high game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the upgrade from eating the goldfish, I think. Yeah, that's right. Which I've done. <laughs> uh, full disclosure. Um, I, I really enjoyed uh, Mark's book. John, John, or is it Mark Comer? I can't remember. John, John Mark Comer. Yeah. John Mark Comer. Yeah. 
I, uh, it was food for my soul. Um, uh, I actually listened to it and took notes on it while I was listening. Uh, we were building garden beds at the time and extending our deck and doing some outside stuff. And I listened to it. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the things about that book that, you know, you mentioned the pastors are the busiest and I, I found that spot in the book where, or guilty of being the busiest. And, um, I found the spot in the book and he talks about a study um, where a guy named uh, Michael Zigarelli, he did a study and he interviewed about 20,000 Christians and he came to a, a conclusion that um, Christians assimilate to a culture of busyness. And as they do, <clears throat> God becomes marginalized in their lives, uh, which leads to a deteriorating relationship with God. And then Christians become, which leads to Christians becoming even more vulnerable to adopting a secular assumptions about how to live, mm -hmm. which then leads to more conformity to business, busyness and overload. And I've just found myself doing that over and over again. And I think pastors are really susceptible to it. Like you said, uh, John, because there's a, there's, whether it's pressure put on by ourselves or pressure put on by others, our session or, churches, our parents, wherever it's coming from, it's not coming from the Lord. But there's this pressure to be, to be everything for everybody all the time. <laughs> and what COVID did was it, real, it helped me realize, like I'd call families and I'd think, oh man, I bet they're really hurting, they're struggling, they really need me. I'd call them and they'd be like, hey, we're doing great. <laughs> uh, I'm like, are, are, are you sure? I mean, I, I, I can, you know, be there for you. And, you know, and, and that just happened a lot. And we laughed as pastors because we, we were like thinking some, somebody had the idea that maybe we should do a drive-by pastor greeting where people come through a parking lot and say hi to us. And one of the pastors responded, he said, I think you overestimate the number of people who want to see us. <laughs> and I, and I, think, I think one of the things that's taught me is that, you know, a lot of the things I'm doing, like, like Matt's talking about, maybe they're just really not as important as I think they are. I, I, um, <clears throat> I love this book, Humble Roots. I don't know if you guys have seen this. I, mm. Hannah Anderson, and uh, she talks about there's a link between busyness and pride. Mm. And, and there's just this beautiful section in here um, where we, we think we're working, we're working for Jesus, so it can't be prideful, right? Uh, but what really is happening is that we're hiding behind our good intentions. Mm. And, and what we're doing is... Um, is we're doing more than we're supposed to be doing. And uh, she said that pride convinces us that we must do and be more than we are able. And I totally feel that. Mm. And, and I even think about, you know, work and, and time. And we had a, I had a meeting with one of our pastors and I just told him, I said, I, I need to work fewer hours. And he said, I do too. <laughs> and so that's one thing that we want to keep ourselves accountable to is, you know, if the church wants to pay us less because of that, that's fine. But 55, 60 hours a week, that's, I don't think that's good. It's not really healthy. And I'm not resting the way I'm supposed to be resting. I don't have a Sabbath day. John Mark Homer says that one of the things about Sabbath he learned is that he can, he can do the hard things during the week because his Sabbath is coming. And so he can, he can do the things he's supposed to do and, and work with the hard things because 
he knows he's got a rest day. And I think that oftentimes I avoid the hard things in ministry sometimes because I'm not resting. I don't have that day to look forward to where I've got nothing. So nothing but Christ. So anyway, that that's probably long and drawn out, but that's kind of what, what I've learned uh, during this time. Yeah, that, that wasn't long and drawn out at all. I, I needed to hear that. And that's an excellent word uh, to reflect on. And so I do, I, I just wonder, you know, we, we've always got to be cautious of, okay, what's the Lord up to here? You know, we, we've got to be cautious of, so I've heard people say, yeah, yeah, I'm finite, God's infinite, but I think this is what he's trying to do, you know? Um, so <laughs> we've got to be cautious, but during this entire pandemic, um, you know, I wonder if he is giving us a taste of, of rest, if, mm-hmm. uh, because what we've just talked about this busyness e- epidemic for so long and everyone's lamenting it. Everyone's talking about being exhausted. And if, if God's just saying like, okay, this is what it tastes like just to slow down a little bit. And I think it's done that for, for most of us to give us a taste of actually being more human, being together mm-hmm. as families, realizing, I mean, me speaking as uh, one in ministry, uh, people don't need me as much as I think they do. <laughs> so it's good to kind of have our savior complex complexes crucified um, because there was, you know, the true savior that was, savior that was crucified, that we don't need to be the one mm-hmm. that, uh, everyone needs us all the time and uh, that we don't need to be available all the time as much as we think. And so I think it's just, it's so helpful for us to hear that, to, to think about that, reflect on that. And so maybe as we're wrapping this up, um, I mean, Scott, you saying one thing, working less hours. Uh, what are some things you, you guys are thinking about doing to, to guard a, a Sabbath day of rest, of uh, just guarding rest more of, um, putting some rhythms, routines in place that, that are healthy and helpful. Um, Matt, Scott, who wants to go first on that? Go ahead, Matt. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I hope, I, I don't know if I'm going to answer the question as directly as I, as you want, but I, um, it's funny, like it, you, we, I love the fact, like what you're saying there, like we basically, God has basically kind of said, okay, we're going to shut everything down for a while. And there's mm-hmm. something really beautiful about that. And, um, you know, just anecdotally, like I'm taking my kids on a walk and, you, you know, they're two and five. And so they stop and they pick dandelions and, and I'm sitting here going, come on guys, let, like, let's keep going. And then realizing I have nowhere to be, you know, like why, why, why am I, you know, why am I like rushing them along and then like you know, flirting with the edge of the speed limit when I'm driving somewhere or like finding the fastest route and you're just like this there's no reason for me to get there faster than I need to get, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and you realize you're, you're, you, if there's anything that's kind of similar, that that's a crisis, this would be a crisis. And yet at the same time, it's really not, a, you're not in crisis. You're really not in crisis mode. You know, I mean, it's not like, it's not like you have to get to a place or, as Scott was saying, you, you don't need to like show up at the kid's house or help them immediately and, and it's a reminder that almost nothing in this world really requires immediate attention. Um, you know, and I, and I, I, so we just hired a couple of youth interns for the summer and I was like, if a kid calls you, you just don't have to call them back. Like you just, you can wait for a little while. Like if it's your day off, don't worry about it. And they're looking at me like I'm from, you know, Mars um, because you don't get into ministry because you want to put people off. You get into ministry because you want to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, almost nothing requires your immediate attention, mm-hmm. except for, you know, suicide or, right? Like there are a couple of things mm-hmm. 
good attention. But other than that, almost nothing else does. And so, so first and foremost, changing your mindset to realize that and to believe that um, is hopefully helping. <laughs> I hope that's going to help me to keep my Sabbath rest a little bit better. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, that's, I, I, maybe I have something else. I can pull something else out. No, yeah. I mean, to me, I mean, that has so many implications right there and, and just how that spills over. Cause I mean, I mean, like you said, changing your mindset of just that immediacy that we kind of feel like, okay, well, I've got to respond to this text. I've got to reply to this email, to this phone call. I've got to return. Um, yeah, just kind of slowing down very little. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's really good. Uh, Scott, what, what would you like to add? Yeah, Matt, that's good stuff. Is it? It's really wise. Um, you said a lot of things that John Mark says in his book, so it's good stuff. Um, <clears throat> two two thoughts. One is uh, um, maybe just the spiritual. Something I've learned spiritually about it is um, that's really affected my heart in a good way. Is that, uh, and this is also from that book, is that God God did not create hurry, and love is love is painfully time consuming. And that hurry and love are incompatible. Uh, I love those those statements, and and just the very fact that that God Himself, the person of Christ, He was Jesus was never in a hurry. <laughs> he was never rushed. He, uh, you know, he was never reactive. He didn't lose his top. He didn't. He didn't. You know, if he was if he was able to drive. I'm sure it would have been real chill. He'd have had to see laid back. <laughs> windows down. Yeah, windows, windows down. down. Yeah, yeah. So I love that image, though. Jesus just, you know, like even the, when he, I think it's uh, Jairus's daughter and the woman who's bleeding and he stops and spends time with her and he said, who touched me? And they were delayed and Jairus's daughter is, needs to be, you know, she dies. Is that right? I think that's the right story. But just the disciples are astonished at his lack of hurry, right? <laughs> so spiritually speaking, I've tried, to, I've tried to really reflect on that, think about it. Practically speaking, I've tried to come up with a couple of things. One is um, there's a day, there's a difference between a day off and a, and a, and a Sabbath. <clears throat> a day off is a day to... Um, you know, get some stuff done. Maybe we're working around the house. Maybe we got to get the oil changed in the car. Maybe we got to run around, do doctor's appointments or things like that. Or, you know, there's just things to do um, that aren't related to my work at church. <clears throat> That's a day off. And then there's a Sabbath day. And a Sabbath day is when I can do things that are, are worshipful and restful. And so we've decided, we've had a conversation where even if it's a Sunday where I'm preaching, or leading the liturgy, leading worship, uh, or doing a baptism, that even if it's a Sunday where I'm technically on, um, we're still going to use that as our Sabbath. We need to Sabbath together as a family. I can't do it on my own. I've tried to like go out and go fishing and do stuff like that, but but the machine's still turning, if you will. The kids are the kids are doing school, Allie's doing all kinds of stuff at the house, and so it doesn't feel very restful. It only feels restful is when we as a community kind of come together as our family. And so um, I've dropped, I used to lead a small group of adults on the Sundays and I told our pastors that I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, it was, we call them growth groups. So we're not going to lead a growth group. And that, that time now on Sunday from like 1230 on, 
uh, is going to be our, our Sabbath where, you know, we have worship in the morning. Because really when you're preaching, I mean, I'm preaching this Sunday, it's like the work is right now. It's a joy to come and deliver the word of God. Yeah, I'll be tired, but I can come home, take a nap, uh, hang out with the kids. You know, that's going to be really restful and I'm still looking forward to that day. So those are two practical things. Is the difference between a day off and a Sabbath day, I think, is something that I'm really going to work hard to practice. And then just just in general, working fewer hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, thinking about, yeah, the working the fewer hours, trying to carve out time to... Um, yeah, be with the family more. And it's, you know, there's also the caution of turning family into an idol. Um, but I mean, Matt, some of what you were saying of just, you know, especially with kids and different age ranges, I know it's different for, for some parents, but just not trying to hurry them along so much. Uh, like mm-hmm. you said, I, I know somebody kind of shared an image from, from a book of a, a father holding his daughter's hands and, uh, or hand as they're walking, but him almost dragging her because she's walking so much slower than him and just trying to slow down to their pace and walking at their, you know, their tiny little footsteps can, can take them. And so, um, yeah, I think again, it's just, it's been helpful. And, and I do think, um, yeah, much of this pandemic will be wasted if we don't think about, okay, what should our personal life look like? What should our ministry life look like? What can we remove off the schedule? Um, what can we kind of increase as far as blocks of time in our schedule? Um, so hope, hopefully just some of this conversation will spark some of those thoughts for, for those who are listening. If uh, you did not tune in last week, we did have AJ Swoboda on, who was the author of subversive Sabbath. Um, that's an excellent book. I would recommend, uh, still reading it, haven't finished it, uh, but there's a lot of good thoughts there. And I know AJ shared a lot of helpful things there. So people might find that, um, beneficial to, to check out. Look, Scott, Matt, I know you both have plenty of things going on, um, but we do have <laughs> schedules that are still somewhat full. You have uh, ministry that I pulled you away from. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast. And uh, it's good to see y'all's faces and hopefully we can catch up in, in real life before too long. John, I'm still on extended Sabbath, man. I haven't worked in months. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> You've got pajama, pajama pants on right now, right? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> That's great. That's great. Right. John, thank you. Yeah, I, I learned so much from you and, and RYM and all the people you have involved. It's such a blessing. So thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm really thankful to be here. Yeah, you guys as well. Y'all have a good day. Thanks, John. Oh, come and buy without money.